the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. It's much easier for a wife to submit to her husband's leadership when she is confident that her husband has heard from the Lord and is being directed by the Lord. And that it's not just some crazy, scary idea that he's come up with. But it's the Lord. A wife can follow a husband that is being led by the Lord. Because she knows the Lord is really the one leading the family. To be a true godly and ethical leader of your family, God needs to come first. Every decision, every move, every word. It should all be through inspiration from God and not your own heart. As Pastor Dan's going to show you today, if your family knows that you seek the Lord's will and guidance for all your decisions, it becomes so much easier for them to feel confident following you. Any godly leader should be directed by God and should have an open and attentive heart to hearing his voice. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 31 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. God is keeping his promise to Jacob, and God will keep all of his promises to those who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. All his promises are yes and amen for the believer. God promises, Jesus promises to forgive us of all of our sins if we put our trust in him. He promises to carry us through all the years of life. He promises to receive us one day into heaven, that where he is, there we may be also. And he will be faithful to keep these promises. So now, watch what happens here. Verse 14, Jacob explains to his wives all that God has said to him and revealed to him. And then Rachel and Leah answered and said to him, Is there still any portion or inheritance for us in our father's house? Laban has sons. All of the inheritance is going to go to the sons. So Leah and Rachel are out of the inheritance now. Are we not considered strangers by him? Our father has treated us as strangers. For he has sold us. That's how they view the way that he handled this marriage. He has sold us. And also completely consumed our money. You know, the money that he made from Jacob working for him that would have served as the dowry. A portion of that would have been given to Leah and Rachel when they left. That was the custom. But he burned through it all. There's no money left. And so Leah and Rachel agreed that their father had been unfair to Jacob, unloving to them, and had used up their inheritance, leaving them with nothing, and it was time for them to make a new beginning. So verse 16, for all these riches which God has taken from our father are really ours and our children's. Now then, here's the key, 
Whatever God has said to you, do it. Oh, man, to have your wife say that. Whatever God has said to you, hubby, do it. That is an empowering statement from a wife. That husband can conquer the world now. To have a wife say that to him. But what made those wives say that? Husbands, please take note. Please take note. Jacob explained to his wives what God said to him and how God commanded him to leave Haran and return to his native land of Canaan. And Rachel and Leah responded by saying, whatever God has said to you, do it. Showing us, husbands, that the best way for a man to leave his wife is by communicating where God is leading you and what God has said to you. It's much easier for a wife to submit to her husband's leadership when she is confident that her husband has heard from the Lord and is being directed by the Lord. And that it's not just some crazy, scary idea that he's come up with. But it's the Lord. A wife can follow a husband that is being led by the Lord. Because she knows the Lord is really the one leading the family. And she is following her husband as he is following the Lord Jesus Christ. And so she can say, hey, whatever God has said to you, do it. There's confidence there for that wife. There's a security there for that wife because she knows that her husband has heard from the Lord. And that he is being obedient to the Lord. Instead of saying to the husband, Have you prayed about this? Has the Lord spoken to you about this? Did God give you a verse? This sounds like your idea, not God's idea. In this situation, Jacob communicates what God has said and how God is leading. And so she can say, hey, whatever God has said to you, do it. And that answer empowers the husband now to go. And so verse 17, watch what he does. Jacob rose. He said his sons and his wives on camels. Remember, he's got 11 sons. He's got a daughter. He's got two wives. He's got two handmaids. He's got some servants also that he's acquired. This is a pretty big caravan here. And he carried away all his livestock and all his possessions, which he had gained, his acquired livestock, which he had gained in Padanaram to go to his father Isaac in the land of Canaan. And so now Jacob leaves. And he leaves without saying goodbye to Laban. He just kind of sneaks out of town here without saying anything to Laban. We'll see later in the chapter that Jacob was afraid of what Laban might do to him. So he's operating out of fear. He leaves town like a fugitive on the run from justice. And so on one hand with Jacob, we see that he hears from the Lord. He's obedient to the Lord. But on the other hand, he doesn't really execute this plan in a way that honors God. And sometimes that's how it is, right? I mean, we want to honor the Lord. We want to do the Lord's will. But sometimes we don't always do it in the way that the Lord would have us do it. And and God's still gracious and God is merciful to us in spite of us. And so he goes out now without telling Laban, verse 19. Now Laban had gone to shear his sheep. And Rachel had stolen the household idols that were her father's. Now, Jacob didn't know that Rachel stole the household idols. They would have these little tiny idols that they would keep in their home. Now, why does Rachel steal her father's idols? Well, it's not because she's an idol worshiper. 
And that culture in that day, the law of that day, the one who possessed the household idols had a claim to the property. And so it seems here that she's stealing the idols in an attempt to gain Laban's land for Jacob. Now, the irony here, though, is that Laban believes in gods that you can steal. (laughs) You know, somebody can steal your God. That's not a God you really want to put your faith and trust in. And then later we're going to see he's got to search for his God, you know, and he's going to ransack their tents looking for his gods. Again, that's not the kind of God you want to put all your hope in. Verse 20, And Jacob stole away, unknown to Laban the Syrian, and that he did not tell him that he intended to flee. And so, verse 21, So he fled with all that he had. He arose and crossed the river and headed toward the mountains of Gilead. Now, the mountains of Gilead were about 300 miles away from Haran. And Jacob is going to make it to the mountains of Gilead in about 10 days. With all these kids, all the livestock, all of his stuff, he's covering a lot of ground quickly. He is on the move. This is not some kind of leisurely trip back to the promised land. He is pushing his family because he's afraid. And he's trying to get away from Laban. And so verse 22, and Laban was told on the third day that Jacob had fled. Remember, Laban had put three days journey between himself and Jacob. And so it takes three days for news to make it to Laban that Jacob has split. And then he took his brethren with him and pursued him for seven days journey. And he overtook him in the mountains of Gilead. But God had come to Laban, the Syrian, in a dream by night and said to him, Be careful that you speak to Jacob, neither good nor bad. And so Laban overtook Jacob. He caught up with him. Now Jacob had pitched his tent in the mountains and Laban with his brethren pitched in the mountains of Gilead. And Laban said to Jacob, now watch what he says here. You have stolen away, unknown to me, carried away my daughters like captives taken with the sword. Why did you flee away secretly and steal away from me and not tell me? For I might have sent you away with joy and songs, with timbrel and harp. And you did not allow me to kiss my sons and my daughters, speaking of his grandkids. Now you have done foolishly in so doing. It is in my power to do you harm, but the God of your father spoke to me last night, saying, Be careful that you speak to Jacob, neither good nor bad. And now you have surely gone, because you greatly long for your father's house. But why did you steal my gods? Now, Laban is a first-class manipulator. And this is what a manipulator will do. When a manipulator loses their control over a person, they will use any kind of tactic they can to regain control over that person. And Laban really pulls out all the stops here. First, he begins with a rebuke in verse 26. You know, he says, what have you done? Why have you stolen away unknown to me, carried away my daughters like captives taken away with the soil? He rebukes him here. And then he switches to guilt. And then he switches to guilt. He said, why did you leave the way you did? I would have thrown you a party. I didn't give you a proper send-off. I would have had musicians and a big celebration. And and you didn't let me kiss my grandkids and my daughters goodbye. Why'd you do that? And so now he's laying on the guilt trip here. This is what a manipulator will do. 
And then he uses fear and intimidation. And he says, you know, it is in my power to do you harm. He's trying to intimidate him now. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. If a manipulator thinks they are losing their ability to manipulate you, they will just kind of go down the list of ways to manipulate, trying to find something that works to regain their control. And so he's trying everything here. The rebuke, the guilt, the intimidation, nothing's working. And the thing that angered Laban the most is in verse 30, that someone stole his household gods. Again, they could be used to make a claim to Laban's property. That's why he's concerned about them. So verse 31, again, Jacob doesn't know about it. Jacob answered and said to Laban, because I was afraid, for I said, perhaps you would take your daughters from me by force with whomever you find your gods, do not let him live. In the presence of our brethren, identify what I have of yours and take it with you. For Jacob didn't know that Rachel had stolen them. And Laban went into Jacob's tent and into Leah's tent and into the two maids' tents, but he did not find them. So he's ransacking their tents. And then he went out of Leah's tent and entered Rachel's tent. Now Rachel had taken the household idols and put them in the camel's saddle and sat on them. And Laban searched all about the tent but did not find them. And she said to her father, Let it not displease my Lord that I cannot rise before you, for the manner of woman is with me. And he searched but did not find the household idols. Now, verse 36. Then Jacob was angry and rebuked Laban. And Jacob answered and said to Laban, What is my trespass? What is my sin that you have so hotly pursued me? Although you have searched all my things, what part of your household things have you found? Set it here before my brethren and your brethren that they may judge between us both. (laughs) Jacob has had this anger pent up in him for 20 years. And now it just all kind of comes flowing out here. The dam breaks, and it's all coming out for him now after 20 years of putting up with Laban. And he goes on in verse 38, These 20 years I have been with you. Your ewes and your female goats have not miscarried their young. I have not eaten the rams of your flock. That which was torn by beasts I did not bring to you. I bore the loss of it. You required it from my hand, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. Anything that was stolen, I was responsible for. And there I was. And the day the drought consumed me, 
and the frost by night, and my sleep departed from my eyes. Thus I have been in your house twenty years. I have served you fourteen years for your two daughters and six years for your flock. And you have changed my wages ten times. Unless the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had been with me, surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed. God has seen my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked you last night. Man, I bet you Jacob rehearsed this speech a thousand times over the 20 years. Out there in that field and the drought and heat and cold by night. You know, one of these days I'm going to let him have it. Tell him what I really think. And now he lets him have it. And he's able to see and know that it's only because of God that I'm leaving with anything. It's only because of God's hand upon my life that I've got anything. That's true for us. And Laban answered and said to Jacob, These daughters are my daughters, and these children are my children, and this flock is my flock, and all that you see is mine. What can I do this day to these my daughters or to their children whom they have borne? And what Laban said was not true. Those daughters were not his daughters. He gave them to Jacob in marriage. Those children weren't his children. They belonged to Jacob. And those flocks weren't his flocks. Those were Jacob's flocks. You know, to put it in today's terms, this is a really toxic relationship here. And this is a father-in-law who doesn't know his lane. He's really overstepping his role in his relationship with his son-in-law and his daughter and their family, really crossing a line. You know, in the Bible, married couples are called to leave and cleave to one another, to leave their family and to cleave to each other as husband and wife and become one flesh. Even in a marriage ceremony, a traditional marriage ceremony, where the bride comes down the aisle and the husband, the groom, is standing at the front, And as she comes down the aisle, symbolically what it is communicating is she is walking past all of her friendships, walking past all of her family members. In the front row, you have her closest family members, her parents, her siblings, her grandparents, the closest family members. And she walks past all of them and stands up front with her groom. And what that is communicating, what the groom is communicating to his family is now that this woman, my bride, becomes the most important relationship in my life. And what that bride is communicating is that this man now becomes the most important relationship in my life. And all of these other relationships that have been so important to me throughout my life up to this point of my wedding day, all of these other relationships can now take one step back. Because now this is the relationship for my life. And sadly, sometimes you have in-laws or parents that don't, recognize those boundaries and the meaning of that. And so what happens here, verse 44, we're almost finished. Now, therefore, come, let us make a covenant, you and I, and let it be a witness between you and me. And so Jacob took a stone and he set it up as a pillar. And then Jacob said to his brethren, gather stones. And they took stones and made a heap and they ate there on the heap. And Laban called it Jagar Sad. Dutha, but Jacob called it Galid. And Laban said, This heap is a witness between you and me this day. Therefore, its name was called Galid, also Mitzpah, 
because he said, May the Lord watch between you and me when we are absent one from another. If you afflict my daughters or if you take other wives beside my daughters, although no man is with us, see, God is witness between you and me. And then Laban said to Jacob, Here is this heap and here is this pillar which I have placed between you and me. This heap is a witness and this pillar is a witness that I will not pass beyond this heap to you and you will not pass beyond this heap and this pillar to me for harm. The God of Abraham, the God of Nahor, and the God of their father judge between us. And Jacob swore by the fear of his father Isaac. So they make a covenant here, Laban and Jacob. And they set up a pillar as a stone marking the covenant, a physical reminder of the covenant. And the name of the stone, they called it mitzvah. The word mitzvah means to watch. Because he said, verse 49, note verse 49, May the Lord watch between you and me when we are absent one from another. Have any of you ever heard that verse before? Some of you have. You know, you can find that verse on like artwork or little plaques or refrigerator magnets. You can find it in hymns and songs and worship songs. Some churches in their benediction will quote that verse, May the Lord watch between you and me when we are absent one from another. And it sounds like a really sweet sentiment. But what's the context here? The context is, I don't trust you. (laughs) And may God keep an eye on you when we're apart, because I just don't trust you. And this stone actually becomes a boundary marker between Jacob and Laban. And neither one of them is allowed to go past the mitzvah stone. And they even say that you're not going to cross over to this side. I'm not going to cross over to that. So I'm not going to go past this stone. What do they do here? Well, here's what they do. The best solution for Jacob's relationship with Laban was to separate from him and to set up a boundary a physical, literal boundary for them. What's the application for us? Well, when you have a toxic relationship with someone, sometimes the best solution is to separate from them, put some space between you and them, and put some boundaries in place. Set some boundaries for that relationship. I'm just going to allow you in this far, and that's as far as you can come, for my health. And so we got to put some boundaries here in this relationship. Verse 54, and we'll finish up. Then Jacob offered a sacrifice on the mountain and called his brethren to eat. And they ate bread and stayed all night on the mountain. And early in the morning, Laban arose and kissed his sons. That would be his grandsons and his daughters. That would include Leah, Rachel, and his granddaughters and blessed them. Notice he doesn't kiss Jacob. Then Laban departed and returned to his place. So he gets free from Laban, and he's on his way back to the promised land. And how did God get him to move? He placed a desire in his heart. He made his circumstances uncomfortable, and then he spoke to him. Maybe God has put a desire in your heart for something. 
Maybe your circumstances have grown uncomfortable. Maybe the Lord has spoken to you because he's trying to move you. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. We're so glad you tuned in to hear today's edition of Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan is continuing to teach through the book of Genesis, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. If you'd like to hear this message again or to listen to additional teachings from Pastor Dan, you're welcome to visit our website at calvaryec.com. Once there, you can listen to or download a wide range of previous broadcasts. Otherwise, simply subscribe to our podcast. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you might be. This can be advantageous for those who are on the go much of the time. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life, so please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. We'd also really like to know how we can be praying for you. So when you call, don't be afraid to share your prayer requests with us. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you. Ring of Truth is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. We hope you'll make sure to join us again as Pastor Dan continues teaching in this series through the book of Genesis. We look forward to the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.